listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. That's it. Craig, what did I tell you about cooking in the dark? Are you trying to burn the house down? I'll take a bath of Marlene. I, uh, what do I need to light for? Well, you don't need to be cooking anyway. We brought you takeout from Oscars. Well, get your money back. I found a ticket right here. Come on, seven hour try. Yeah, about time. Mm. Yeah, that's home cooked right there. Mm. No, thank you. For most of time, just need a little hot sauce. Perfect. Yeah. So what Jack Lauderdale have to say? Oh, I clocked him coming out the gate. The man was a two-bit hustler. Oh, I see. Yeah, it turns out that the only hit that Swing Time ever had was Open the Door Richard, which was a joke record. Yeah, well, what about him recording me? Oh, he'll record you if we pay the freight. Scratch a life, find a thief. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? This. You see, I saw Jack Lauderdale tonight, and he gave me $500 advance on my record. He also said he'd put me on the road with Low Folsom and pay me three times as much as you've been paid. No, that's a lie. Ain't no way he gonna put some blind man on the road. Think about it. I mean, you you need watching out for, and he ain't got the time to look after you the way I've been looking after you. Is that what you've you. been doing, Gassie? Watching out for me? Is that why you get paid double what I do? Who told you that? Well, it's true, ain't it? You and Marlene have been gaming me since I got here. Ray, baby, listen. I've got to listen to you. Look, Ray, I, I've, been, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Then why'd you talk? Um, look, Ray, Ray, let's not do nothing stupid. I might be blind, but I ain't stupid. Q, get my back from upstairs. What? Get it. R right now? Now. Ray, man, we done been through a whole lot. Ray, Ray now, wait a minute. I can explain everything. Now, look. Ray, 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 think about what you're Ray, doing. Ray, now you're making a big mistake. That clown has gotten promised that he can't keep your big fool to follow him. Hey, look, Ray. Ray, we'll make a new deal. Whatever make you act, dealers. You can lay the pipe now. Oh, she's a gold digger. Way over time. That digs on me. Uh. She killed me, mom. Now, I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Now, I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 40. Like we said, 4-0. And this is our last episode. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we we made it all the way to 40. And if you recognize that laugh, Tej is back with us yet again. Wait, wait, wait. Last second substitution coming off the bench hot, ready to shoot. <laughs> um this week we are doing ray teach thanks for joining us one more time again uh like i said literally we text you at like three o'clock today i'm glad y'all y'all hit me up i'm excited i, I uh, hadn't seen this movie in a while so i ran through it uh quickly today so i can remember it but uh happy well, to, happy to rewatch it well that's one that you can't run through this movie quickly <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that's true Good it is lord! Long. It is a choke. It is a long film. Oh my god! It was way longer than I. I had to break it up. Like this. I, this is basically a miniseries for me. Um, if you're just wondering, if we're doing Ray. So um, neither of one of us, Dex or I, had seen this movie. Yeah, I had seen like bits and pieces of it, but never sat down and like watched the whole thing all the way through. Holy shit! It's long, and <laughs> it covers a whole lot. Yeah, we were gonna we we're gonna do that. I don't know why we chose to do this. Basically, it was like just sitting on my like on my it's on HBO uh, Max. So if you're wanting to watch it, go to HBO Max. Which if you don't have it, why? But they 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 have some great movies on there. But I had just not seen it, and so it was 
if I had seen uh, Walk the Line, I got to watch Ray. They're basically like the same movie. Um, except, I mean, yeah. Except way more drugs in one than the other. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, like hard. And um, yeah, so I just, we kind of just decided. And I think Dex kind of got fed up and was like, just pick a movie. Uh, so we picked Ray. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, Dex, we 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 didn't waste our time on the uh, on the Texans today, so we're thriving, clear skin, drinking water. Yeah. That's what. Like. No no need to watch those losers. I mean, it got to twenty one zero, and I was like, okay, I'm good. Passes, we're done. Great. Man, I can't I can't do it anymore, man. Uh, um, football is fake this year, just so everybody knows. NFL, college, none of it matters. None of it is real. Uh, I mean, we're, we're in the middle of a the pandemic. Fact. There's bigger things at play here than, like, sports, you guys. Ignore the fact that both my teams are trash this year because it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, <laughs> did Baylor just have two senior running backs opt out of the season? Yes, we oh, did, but it doesn't matter because football's I fake. saw that. After taking yeah. that L to Tej's team, which I couldn't couldn't do it yesterday. I can't even take a victory lap because I didn't even watch. I, I had given up on Texas football after last weekend, so I didn't watch. See, that, always, that, always fun to be Baylor. Where, that is where we at. That that is where we are at right now. Uh, I'll just go back to the. I'll just go back to the. I think it was. I forget who it was. Um, just said you got to be a fucking idiot to be a sports fan. Yeah, yeah <laughs> true. You have to be I'm, so dumb. You don't even have to be dumb to like sports. You have to be dumb to have a rooting interest in sports. If you could just could like turn on any game and like enjoy it for what it is, <laughs> that's the optimal way to watch sports. But us idiots like tie ourselves to these organizations that suck. I mean, we have to deal with the pain of it, and that's the worst part. Shout out to the Houston Rockets. Um, all right. Oh, Speaking God. of tying things off, Ray. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Man, okay. That is a transition for you. Yeah, that's what I'm here. That's what they pay me the big bucks for. Um, just kidding. We don't get money for this. Uh, Ray came out in 2004. It is a long one, man. This is about as long as it feels like it's as long as a Lord of the Rings movie. Um, it is two hours and 32 minutes for wrong. Uh, two hours and 32 minutes long. Uh, it's rated PG-13, which if uh, going into this, I would have been lying to you if I thought that it was rated PG-13. Why they made it PG-13? No idea uh they didn't have to do that but they did um and it's a very pg-13 version of his life uh has a 7.7 on imdb um it's won two oscars the story of the life and career of the legendary rhythm and blues musician ray charles from his humble beginnings in the south where he went blind at an age at age seven to his meteoric rise to stardom during the 1950s and 1960s. Written and directed by Taylor Hackford uh, and James L. White, was also a writer. Stars, Jamie Foxx, Regina King, our queen, um, Carrie Washington, Clifton Powell as Jeff Brown, Harry Lennox as Joe Adams, uh, Curtis Armstrong and Richard Schiff as uh, two business white guys. Uh <laughs> Terrence Howard as a very Terrence Howard character. Um, Lorenz Tate as Quincy Jones. And uh, a random appearance by Wendell Pierce and David Crumholz as well. Uh, David Crumholz playing 
just another white businessman in this as well. Um, Wendell Pierce getting beat up by a blind guy. Oh yeah, uh, true. Yeah. Uh, hate to hate to see that because um, he wouldn't pay him in ones. Uh, this movie didn't make a lot of money, surprisingly, um, as compared to Walk the Line, which I think made made a good bit of money for a PG thirteen bio uh, biopic biopic budget of forty thousand dollars estimated it only grossed um i mean it made its made its money and then some but it only grossed 123 uh million dollars 123 million dollars at the box office uh which you would think it would have made at least oh like 250 for an academy award-winning performance from jamie fox um and as popular as ray charles was i don't know what do y'all think why do you think this didn't make i mean i guess it on a $40 million budget, it's not like it made like $42 million, you know? So I was just thinking that, uh, you know, because Ray Charles died like literally months before this film came out. So yeah. I, I I didn't even look up the number, but I just assumed because it was such a big deal uh, with the uh, Oscar performance of, Ray, of Jimmy Fox, and it literally came out like months after he died. I just assumed they were, they were like printing money with it. I did not realize that they only made like $120 million. That's, I find that interesting. I mean, part of it has to definitely be due to the runtime. Um, may have come out at a weird time. It was definitely like an Oscar contending film. It was nominated mm-hmm. for several. Um, it won for Jamie Foxx and Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, which it should have. Uh, Best Motion Picture of the Year was nominated for. Best Achievement in Directing, which I'm not sure about. Uh, um, Best Achievement in Film Editing and Best Achievement in Costume Design. Uh, it has an 80% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes to take that for what it's worth 87% audience score so people actually really like the movie an engrossing and energetic portrait of mu- a great musician's achievements and uh what the heck is that word foibles what the foils I don't know <laughs> uh Ray is anchored by Jamie Foxx's stunning performance as Ray Charles so uh Tej you know how we do it uh give your rating and review letter grade please sir I'm going to give this movie a B plus. Uh, I remember I saw it in theaters. I really enjoyed it. It's like a well-worn path. It's like every black movie that has to do with like a black musician who either was or wasn't a legend touches on the same things. There's always womanizing. There's always like bad record deals and there's always racism. So we've seen this formula before. There are also two characters from the wire in this film. And obviously like in 2004, every white executive said, okay, cool. We're making a movie with black people. Like, how many of the Wire characters can we put into this film? And Wendell Pierce is in the movie. But then the guy that plays uh, Bunny Colvin is also in the movie for a quick second in the beginning. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's like a, one of those movies that's not that well directed. And it's not even like a super achievement in writing. But like they took like a B-level thing and then put a great cast around it. And Jamie Foxx just completely crushes the performance. Like he, it's actually really strange to watch the movie because if you've ever seen Ray Charles either perform or seen him on TV or seen him do interviews, it's uncanny what Jamie Foxx is able to do, especially when you're playing someone not only who's blind, but also has like maybe the most distinct walk of any human that's ever walked the planet. The way that Ray Charles walks, yeah, the way that Ray Charles moves and walks and kind of uh, projects his body out is something that's like so specific and Jamie Foxx was able to really capture that. So because of the performance, it really makes up for some of the flaws of the film. Uh, in some of the, like the, the plot of the film and the writing of the film is a bit flimsy in, in spots for sure. Uh, but I really think that with the performance, it was able to elevate it. And so I give it a strong B plus. 
Dex. I'm in kind of a similar area. I'll give it a I'll give it a B. Um, like Teach said, the the performance by Jamie Foxx is what everybody's here for, and it's incredible. He killed it. Um, it's just as good as you've always heard. Um, he deserves all the credit in the world. I'm glad he got his Oscar for that. The rest of the movie is okay. Uh, you know, the plot is it just kind of happens. I mean, it's a biopic, so I mean, it's not going to be as like thrilling as some other movies and stuff like that, but it does kind of drag, especially towards the end. And then it literally just ends. They're just like, okay, cool. We got, <laughs> we got to this point. Um, okay. He's off heroin where we finished that. And I he guess solves racism now. Yeah. Racism yeah. is over now. Perfect. <laughs> racism is over. Heroin is done. <laughs> And we're out. Okay. Ray Charles. He lived for a long time. Now he's dead. Like that's the end of this movie. <laughs> but yeah, man, like kind of especially in the beginning, it's really good just kind of seeing like like the childhood scenes are really compelling. Um, seeing like just kind of how he just adid- adapted to stuff, just being blind and trying to make it in this very racist world mm-hmm. with these very bad record deals. Um, so yeah, it was good, but I'm not gonna be dying to watch it like super soon <laughs> again nah. so yeah i give it a b yeah I, I i'm sitting at b minus and that's kind of around like i i may have given walk the line because you can't help but compare the two films because they're so similar especially in time they came out the way that they're the way that they're made but i think the one thing that walk the line did better is it mostly focused on a certain period of johnny cash and june carter's life where it was like, all right, they showed their rise to stardom, but then all of a sudden it was like they knew when to cut it off. And it was just like, all right, they're, they've, they got to where they were. And, I mean, if you want to know the rest of the story, go look it up for yourself. Where Ray, this Ray Charles thing was like, we're going to show you all of it. And it was just like, and not in any specific order, really. And because we're going to intercut his childhood throughout there and everything else. And it's compelling. And the performance like keeps you compelled the entire time. But like, it was a very safe way to tell a very dangerous story. The way that the way the heroin that he did, the womanizing that he did, the he the amount of children he had by those women like that i mean that's apropos of nothing but it's part of his life story they only like tell like part of that story almost as to like eh, don't worry about it too much and it's just like he was a womanizer like it, it, dex and i talked about it he was a kind of a dick to some people <laughs> yeah like was it wasn't a asshole. great it wasn't a i i i applaud them for making a film about a person and being able to show kind of the dark spots of a, mm-hmm. of a human but by the same token, the womanizing in this film quite literally does nothing to drive the plot. Like, it's no. just there. It's just like, okay, now he's sleeping with her. Now he's sleeping with her. And it's like, I, I love okay. seeing Kerry Washington having sex and then get to see Regina King having sex. But like, <laughs> it actually does nothing to the plot. Like, it's not like he like learned some lesson or like it drives him towards greatness or like it, it, it holds him back from greatness. It literally doesn't really serve the plot. They're just showing it because it happened, which is mm-hmm. it's a super weird choice, I think. He gets sad when Regina King dies and then goes on to make another hit record. Like, it's just yeah, it's like, like... <laughs> like, I've already been sending her money. And then, all right, Georgia on my mind. Like, you know, it's just like, it's, it is kind of interesting. I do like the way, I did like the way that they used his music as they do with these movies to kind of tell the time period of where he was in... Yeah 
his career and um jamie i can't say enough about jamie fox's performance like he was also nominated for best supporting actor the same year for collateral which is an incredible movie if you haven't seen that and it's a movie that i actually like more than this movie but um he was also incredible in that so jamie fox was on one in 2004 and um i don't know i just i think it was a safer way and like it not every movie needs to be rated r we've had this conversation before but like it was just a kind of a felt like a safer way to tell a super compelling darker story and another thing too we'll get into it i got a bunch of notes on this is like they really gloss over some of the racism like 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 and his activism as well like the they show like two bits of activism when he goes to the thing he's like all right i'm not not playing georgia anymore which was a huge Mm -hmm. deal to not Mm -hmm. play the mason dixon south and like or not play below the mason dixon line and then it was just like he's just i'm not playing it anymore and they're like okay now what other song are you making you know it's like let's focus on the big part of that real quick where the, and, yeah, and they where made it sound stupid. extremely accidental like yeah you know what? i'm not You're doing right, it anymore. i'm out of here <laughs> fuck it like whatever it doesn't matter that's what it was it was like you know what you convinced me that in this one shining moment to <laughs> to not play in georgia your your compelling speech um no i don't i i just i thought the acting was out of sight by most like everyone in this uh mm-hmm. regina king as well some of the some of the side players as well like the guy that played um uh he's not even a real he's not even a real person the guy that played his uh right-hand man or handler i don't know what you would uh his business partner yeah um i forget his name he is uh jeff brown clifton powell uh clifton powell was was really good as jeff brown who's not actually not even he's probably like a pastiche of a bunch of people carrie washington was doing uh her carrie washington best doing the carrie washington cry face that we all know and love um (laughs) and she's hit or miss for me but i thought she was like perfectly fine in this movie like mm-hmm. which which to me is good because when she starts doing the carrie washington face and just starts going for it too much and i'm like oh carrie just don't get in the way just like let it happen so i thought she did a perfectly fine job in this movie. yeah and and they 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 sort of go into depth with her scale like her her ride or die story as well too um that was a little bit more fleshed out but it, it, it that also could have been fleshed out a little bit more so for all of that to say it's an incredible performance like y'all were saying it could have gone it's so surface level with a bunch of this stuff though is like and it has some of those tropes which if you've ever seen walk the line or uh, walk hard the dewey cox story where it's like they're doing they're literally yeah. <laughs> doing drugs in the bathroom and he's like, you don't want any part of this dude they did that in this movie <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they literally like, have a scene where like you don't trust me we ain't smoking weed in here this like, boy this is gonna <laughs> fuck you up and it's like oh my god dude all right we get it <laughs> Right. You, you don't want to do this drug i, I think i want to do it <laughs> and then eventually that same guy was just like okay cool fuck it i'll just do drugs with you now forever i'm not gonna watch this blind man do heroin okay you know what he does heroin all the time i guess i might as well just keep doing heroin too like, might as well like, keep living off his dime too in his band oh my god um no so yeah i think it's 
I think some of the directorial choice as well, as well too. And I wish Jake was here to talk a little bit more about this, but um, the the directorial choices are interesting as well. Like some of the filters and the way that it looks like, oh, this thing has a sepia tone filter. So we know that it's in the past. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right. Like we, we, we kind of get it. Um, the, oh, another thing that I want to mention about actors real quick. The child actors in this are very, very good. The, the kid that plays Ray Charles, it, it is like really, this is probably my third or fourth time seeing this film. It's, he's like really effective. Like when, when he's doing the scene with the, there's something in his eyes. Like yeah, it's when like it, when the scene happens with the little brother, it's like, man, that, that kid is like super effective. And I usually am like, you see kids that come on the screen, like, all right, this is about to suck, but you know, we'll just get through it. Mm-hmm. But I thought the kid was, I thought the kid was really good. In fact, I think the kid was much better than the person they cast as his mother. So like on the screen, like the mom is like driving it because she has most of the lines, but the kid is like acting her off the screen in some ways. And so I thought it was, that part was weird. But yeah, I thought the kids were perfectly fine. That poor dude, that poor kid with the gunk coming out of his eyes. And it's just all like, yeah. like oh. <laughs> oh man. Um, That's part of the reason I had never seen this movie all the way through is because I had seen like that scene of him going blind. <laughs> his mama just being like, Suck it up, kid. Like nobody cares. What you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I don't. I don't think this is for me. I, they, they might. He might. She might as well have like held him down and been like, been like. Well, they did. She basically was like, "You're going blind. Get over it." Like it's just like, yeah. whoa. Like yo, she's like, but mom, it's like, no, I'm not gonna tell you nothing more than once. Like and it's like, damn, have he's seven years old, man. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> which she has a point but it's like ooh, like where it's just like you know you live you live in a very racist world nobody's going to take care of a poor blind you know african-american yeah. kid like what but to say that to a seven-year-old is tough yeah that like is, your kid's going blind tough. and you're just like life for me ain't been no crystal stare like, okay. <laughs> come on man thanks thanks mom <laughs> mom's mom's looking at it and is like sorry to you son but i'm built different like you gotta get <laughs> uh, which shout out to that twitter post of that woman with that shirt if you haven't seen oh my that, god good lord Look, my son died from covid but i'm still voting for trump like what did you say dex you said i'm sorry all right to my own son but i'm built different like come on uh, man that <laughs> is hey. wild that she wore that shirt that she made the shirt like hand she made that shit. <laughs> with a sharpie like she didn't even take any time to go get that to a screen printer or nothing like she just wrote that on the back of a red shirt like just a perfectly good normal shirt just like you know what fuck it i'm telling everybody i'm a horrible person let's go i tell you what if uh my my parents start acting out if i if if, if the rona gets me my parents start acting out like that be like uh i haven't documented that that is not <laughs> You have to come back and haunt your parents if your parents do that. You just there's no Not other way. That is that's completely forever. Ridiculous. Forever. You told them I wanted what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get in some notes here. Um, <laughs> I do love some of the lines that he says. Like Ray Charles was all like the 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 history of Ray Charles is better than this movie is, and that's unfortunate, but they still do a pretty good job of like capturing and it's mostly Jamie Foxx of capturing his wit and the way that he was able to survive within this world. 
and some of the things, some of the safeguards that he had in place for himself to try and his best is to not get taken advantage of, which how he never did. I mean, he did, but like how he didn't get taken more advantage of is bananas. I don't know. Like, cause like I, if I go blind today, I'm getting taken advantage of. Like, I don't know how you don't get taken advantage of in the 1950s when people were just openly evil. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. So like some of the things like you sure you're blind. He's like, last time I checked, like, he's just like, <laughs> or when he told that racist bus driver that he served in the army to get on the bus lost his eyes so in normandy good. yeah <laughs> races I, are so stupid <laughs> how did you let somebody somebody play you that quickly <laughs> well i was going to be racist to you but seeing as it's the war <laughs> uh, that, that war i can't be racist um let's see i it is interesting that his first destination in life after florida is all the way in seattle like that's an interesting place like if you're gonna go play rhythm and blues like you're already in the florida georgia line like you're not going to new orleans and i guess it's not like where the recording is but you know what i mean it's just kind of an interesting backdrop for the beginning of his career <laughs> Yeah, I'm going literally he, clean across the country the longest way possible. He literally went to Seattle to become a sex slave, and that's like a footnote in the film. Oh, like, yeah! He literally was a sex slave. <laughs> that <laughs> was the weirdest. That's like in the first 20 minutes of the movie. It's a super weird decision. Like, oh, Ray Charles, it's like, oh, Ray Charles is like quite literally a sex slave. Like, he's basically having sex with this woman who's also stealing money from him mm -hmm. so that he can have a place to stay. And when he wants to, like, go be on his own, they're like him and Terrence Ter Howard's like, no nah, man, just just keep sleeping with her. It's fine. Like it's fine. Like yeah. <laughs> keep, yeah. keep, keep dicking her down. So we got a good thing going here, man. <laughs> like I That's love a how super weird thing to introduce into the into the movie for sure. And I love how that woman was like, she she was she was totally cool with like taking advantage of that blind guy for some dick. Like she was like. <laughs> I got so some more cool. blackberry cobbler for you, right? It's like blackberry cobbler. <laughs> I do Just love how immediately off the rip, like no hesitation. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking that blind guy. <laughs> like literally, she sees him house. on stage. She's like, no, 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 he's gonna stay with me. Don't worry about it. And Terrence Howard's like, oh, you don't change, which means that she's had previous sex slaves that Terrence Howard had no had has known about, and this fucking blind dude. Moses in the town, and the same night he becomes a sex slave. And like everybody's cool with it. Like Terrence, man, Terrence Howard, Terrence Howard was definitely like he he got turned out by her too, like a couple of times. Like, like that's what happened. She she let Terrence Howard become free after his years of sex slavery, but he had to then help her replace him mm -hmm. with other people. And so <laughs> Terrence Howard became like the recruiter. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll find we'll find somebody. Don't worry about it. Like, we'll find somebody. I love that, Dex. Yeah, I'll fuck the blind guy. <laughs> just no hesitation at all. Just I've been calling him Obama for 20 minutes, but you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> well, on top of that, also, which the um the guy played uh oh uh, I'm forgetting the actor's name, the uh the oh the guy that works with her in the place. I'm trying to forget. Uh, I forget that guy's name. Anyway, the uh, the little guy. Um, 
Oh, mm-hmm. like the, the white guy who tells him that he's being cheated? Yeah, exactly. He um, <laughs> he instantly is like, uh, he is instantly like, like, here, smoke this weed. It'll make you feel better. And Oh, it's Warwick Davis. Duh. Uh, Oberon is his name in the movie. And yeah. and he's like, smoke this weed. And Jamie, or Jamie Foxx, Ray's like, like, okay, cool. Awesome. I, mean, I know how this, know? yeah, I know how this works. But he thinks it's tobacco, so he's like, "This ain't no tobacco." And then he's like, immediately the next shot, he's like, "Hi!" He's like, "Yeah, baby." It's like, yeah. "Oh, that must be amazing." He's already like, "Hi!" Now we can go play. Like, what is it I mean, like? We'll talk about more about this um, when we talk about the heroin. But like, what is it like being blind and stoned? That has to be crazy. That has to be absolutely crazy. I'm sure there's somebody that could tell us, but like, or you could look it up on YouTube. But like, that has to be because. You have you like a like when you're messed up like there's like a visual media like you can you can kind of like get your bearings you know what I mean yeah I don't know um, why do y'all think he decides to do heroin that's never like the, I think that the film thinks that they have set up his his uh, the way his life was going at that time to justify the decision like nobody was really talking to him he kind of felt isolated. Uh, you know, all the other guys were just like hang out and they didn't really like them and they didn't really want to take care of them. So it was kind of lonely. But like, I don't know if that justifies like literal heroin use. Like, it just feels like he should have fallen on some harder times before he started doing heroin. Or he should have just done it because he's like, I think I'm going to enjoy this. But they tried to make it seem like, you know, there's like, this is going to drive you to the null and the void. And he's like, my life is already the null and the void. And I was yeah. like, really? Because things seem okay. You're not a sex slave anymore. Like, <laughs> things seem like they, they're not that bad. To you try heroin. I mean, it, it it really was like such a hop, skip, and a jump to like to to get to like, yeah, I'll do like the drug. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, that I is what, when they say weed is a gateway drug. I don't think they necessarily think that you're gonna do weed and then like thirty minutes later in the film you're quite literally doing heroin. We haven't seen you do any other drugs. It's like, whoa, this just. This just got crazy. Doing heroin <laughs> just because. I, maybe they're trying to like make us think, oh, you know, he keeps having these visions of like the water or whatever from when his little brother drowned. So like he's trying to block that out. I don't know. Maybe that's but, what he's doing. That which, is a hell of a way to, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, uh, they, they did not do that very well. He was just like, like, fuck it. I hear y'all back here having a good time. I want some. Which this is also like the same, same, it, I mean, it's part of his life story, but it's also the same thing as Johnny Cash. Like their parallels here, like incredible because it was just like, it's the same thing as, as walk hard where it's just like the wrong kid died where it, that's where that's his driving force throughout this entire movie is that yeah. he feels like a bad person because his brother died. And if that's a reason to do hair, you know, I don't know. It, I don't know. But I, I feel like I know. The, the answer is no. Don't do heroin. Don't do heroin. <laughs> the answer is no. Do not do heroin. I do yeah. I do love going back to him getting off the bus and like going into that club. He immediately meets Quincy Jones. Like, yeah, like the, the Quincy first Jones. person he meets in Seattle is like the Quincy Jones. Yeah, like, okay, cool. And well, like it uh, never matters that he met Quincy Jones. He just yeah, knows it doesn't ever like tie back in like Oh my God, Quincy Jones produced this song and it became a huge hit. And I met him in Seattle that one time that we showed you. It doesn't actually like ever come back around. He tells him that he doesn't play the Mason Dixon South or the uh, Jim Crow South, rather. Yep. Um, 
I keep saying Mason Dixon, Mason Dixon line, Jim Crow South. But like that's that's the driving force. Yeah, like he's the person that puts that bug in his ear that like maybe you could not play those dates or 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 those those cities. Yeah, I do love how Terrence Howard is instant sleaze bag in this. Like and it's so he's so Terrence Howard that you know literally when he pops on the screen and you first see him, you're like, oh that guy's a piece of shit. Like you just know, (laughs) like you literally know. Uh, I don't want to do the I don't want to do the impression because I that I'm not going to do the impression, but the come on man impression is just. Uh, I wish that he had said Maine in this movie Maine, just yeah. once. It would not have worked because the movie sets in 1950s, but I would have still appreciated it either way. Come on, man, just keep fucking him, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the the unwillingness, how upset he was, like. <laughs> That's how visibly upset he was. He's like, God, man, shit. Like every like, time he was she definitely go- like, this is hard labor. Like every time she's like, come back to bed. He's like, I was really hoping that was enough for the night. God damn it. Like, can I have some water, please? <laughs> That's how shitty must that woman and Terrence Howard feel because like that dude went on to become Ray Charles. Y'all were scamming him out of like dick and like twenty dollars. All you had to do was treat him like a human, and you could have been along for the ride with him. But instead, y'all wanted some dick and some like five dollars a show, and y'all just fucking robbed him blind. No pun intended. That is oh, that, that was not intended. <laughs> that, that is not intended. I do love you know he's he's cooking you know. I, I do love how her justification, though, for, like, keeping him on the leash is basically like, you're blind. Have I told you that? You're blind. Do you know you're blind, Ray? You're blind. And he's just like, yeah, I get it. Um, the fact that he was there, he's making fried chicken in the scene where he exposes that he knows that they've been cheating him. He's literally making fried chicken, and there's someone in the house that literally has two eyes that mm-hmm. isn't even, like, helping him supervise the cooking of the chicken. He's just like sitting down at the table. I'm like, dude, that's scary as hell. Frying chicken and burn your fucking house down if you do this shit wrong. Yeah, and that was sort and of the- also, That dude just grabs a piece of chicken straight out of the I, grease and stuff. Out of the grease? You can never do that. <laughs> that's not a thing. That's literally not a thing. All he says is- <laughs> Just uh, mix yeah. it up and eats it out of the grease. Burn the burn your fingers in the roof of your mouth. <laughs> like that is a death burn. wish. You literally cannot do that. He literally just reached into the crease and grabbed the chicken. <laughs> and all he says is, "Oh man, it needs some hot sauce." Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that? Why? Why? Why is that a thing? Like, that doesn't even make sense. And he doesn't even get to eat the chicken because literally immediately after he takes the chicken. Ray Charles says, go get my bag and then leave the house. So like you took this chicken out of the high grease <laughs> with your bare hands and you didn't even get to enjoy it. <laughs> and he like goes, he like goes to eat it. And he's like, she, he's like, come on, man. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, God. This man was literally just fried chicken just, just to pass the time. <laughs> What's That's he incredible. planning on eating? That was so I funny. Was a bite of that chicken and just left the house. Left the fucking grease sitting there on the stove and just bounced in the house. I do love how she like, what did I tell you about cooking chicken in the dark? And he's like, does it matter? <laughs> it's always dark, bitch. I'm blind. Oh my God. <laughs> it's always dark, bro. Bitch, it's always dark. Um, Like, 
Okay, there's weird why there, there's another thing thematically or for like filming wise that they when they would transition from like one time period to the other time period or back like like flashback, it was like literal like transition wipe, like yeah. like Windows ninety eight like you know PowerPoint. It would just like wipe and you just be like, all right, there got to be a better way to do this, you know. And I'm not a filmmaker, so like what you know what do I know, but it just felt forced. Like now we're going back in time. Windows uh, <laughs> Movie Maker 2004. Right. Um, I I cannot believe that that I refuse to believe that that kid died in that water basin. I, I refuse. It's not even like he was like jammed in there or something. His legs are hanging over and yeah. he's like not even trying to grab the edge. It, it, is, is, it is a super weirdly, I would rather them have not shown the actual scene if it was yeah. like that. Cause it, cause my whole time I'm like, the logistics of this don't make sense. Like did the kid have some other ailment to where he like literally couldn't get out of there? What was going on? And Ray thinks it's a gag. So obviously they play like this before, but the kid doesn't even try to reach to the other side to like, push himself up out of the thing the kid just like lays there it's yeah and he's kind of like flopping around so he's not like pa- he's not like passed out or anything but he, he like and obviously you can drown in a puddle but like yeah, definitely you know it, it just it man that's so graphic it's just yeah, like, that, was, that was a super graphic thing and i was just like i feel like he could have got out of there but damn that sucks that his brother died in that way but i wish it was in a way where we knew oh, he's trying to get out, but he can't because he's stuck on this or something's like blocking the entrance or something. But it was just like, the fucking thing is wide open. Just pop out of there. They're just like (laughs) shift your, I mean, he's a kid, but like. Literally shift your weight and knock the basin over. Yeah, like (laughs) that basin's got to get knocked over at that point, bro. Like (laughs) young Ray Charles, like you should feel bad, dude. He's he's drowning. Yeah, like knock the basin over. Stop playing around, man. What is does it look like a game? <laughs> Get in there, man. Like, oh my god. I, I can't imagine as a parent, dude. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. I the I and we had this conversation before how CPR just was not invented until like the 1960s. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, CPR oh, was not shit. a thing until I think it was 1950. But yeah, that was after Ray Charles's time. Before before that, like Damn. in this movie, they before that, like in this movie, they were just like, "Come on, come on, <laughs> get up, get up!" Oh shit, yeah, 1960. Yeah, like the just- thing the thing that's so weird about the the scene too is that that is the only right before the mom walks outside to find them. That is literally the only time the mom ever smiles. So like she she's smiling like doing her chores like oh my god i cooked all this food and i got this dessert for y'all and she's finally like happy and then all of a sudden like she literally walks outside and her son is dead and it's like damn that is womp, fucking womp. heavy yeah and <laughs> oh that's heavy man fuck that's so heavy <laughs> <laughs> moving on kid, other kid goes blind oh uh, yeah that is tough um i do love the i just love the trope of you don't want to do this shit ray Hey, you don't want this drug, Ray. You're kind of making it sound like I want it. (laughs) But doing heroin on a fucking whim is a wild choice. Like we talked about it just a little, just like, just like, all right, why not? 
Yeah, and he didn't even like it wasn't even offered to him. He had to like seek it out. <laughs> you know, when I was younger and we did like dare and all this shit, I was like, okay, people are gonna be offering me drugs all the time. I'm just gonna have to say no. Like, <laughs> you know, this is going to come up a lot. But no, that just never happened. No, nah, mainly Ray, it's just mainly it's just you. have to tell Ray no. <laughs> <laughs> They tried to be like, dude, no, <laughs> relax. I love how the other dude is a sense of rest. He's like, I don't really care if Ray Charles does drugs or doesn't do drugs. Like, I just want to do drugs right now. So, like, make a fucking decision. And the other dude's like, don't do this, Ray. And he's like, look, this train is leaving. We're doing drugs or we're not doing drugs right now. <laughs> you in or you out? We got a 17-hour bus ride. I want to be high. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it was it was just like we were at this rest stop for 30 minutes you heard the man i gotta i gotta tie one off like also being blind and just just trusting mm -hmm. that these people are injecting you with what they say they are which is heroin which is, bad. Which, which is like, bad yeah they could, be, <laughs> they could literally be injecting you with any fucking thing oh bleach like it's just like saline salute you know like anything man air which will kill you also but like the um we're talking about smoking weed if being blind what is it like doing heroin that has to be why i i text dex i said apparently it just makes you see your dead relatives which he was yeah, already doing anyway he was doing that without heroin he could have just like not done the heroin I would I would like to know like that's definitely like a liberty they took with a movie where it was like he was having flashbacks of memories that he like recalled when he could still see like I don't know because being there, there's a difference I, I have to think there's a difference between being born blind and then knowing what the world looks like and then going blind yeah exactly that you're has to be frightening see, you probably still see the stuff that you've seen in your head and you might not have a sense of what the new world looks like when you get older, but you definitely are seeing your memories. You're seeing them because you actually experience them through your eyes. So mm -hmm. it has to be a, a thing. Um, let's see. <laughs> he Dex, you text me about this. He feels their wrist. That's how he makes sure that he knows that they're attractive or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he oh, feels he, that thick he wrist. He feels the like, fat girl's wrist. He felt the fat girl's wrist and he was just like, no, nah, a little bit too much <laughs> no, wrist I'm on good. this one. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> what a, what a, what a safeguard. <laughs> We're just like, just like, ah, you look like your watch size is too big. <laughs> that's, um, that's definitely one of the ways they kept this movie PG-13 was just like every single time there was about to be a sex scene, it was just like grab the wrist. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> You know what's going down after that. Not like that in real life. Literally just grab the wrist and nothing else. Cut to black. Okay. Wake up the next morning. There was sex. Kept it as PG-13 as possible in that way. Um. Okay. I do want to talk about this because it is Ray Charles. And the way that Jamie Foxx, we got we to talk about his performance a little bit more because and we'll go into depth later about his career. We were going to do a draft about <laughs> top 10 or top five things featuring Jamie Foxx which uh, 
I think that would have been fun, but we'll, we'll talk more about his career because it's fascinating, but. Oh, I cannot uh, wait for this. I was hoping we would get to this because yeah. I have some fucking takes. We'll get to it at the very end, but to keep them for the, for the very end. But the, the different octaves of Ray Charles's voice and the way that he was able to sing, like people called him like a literal musical genius. And the way that he was able to, every song you listen to Ray Charles, it sounds like a different person almost like, you know, it's Ray Charles, but it also sounds like I, I went back after this movie and I was like, man, I hadn't, there's more Ray Charles songs that I know just from life that, you know, I, I didn't, I don't know if I realized that they weren't Ray Charles or that he was responsible for even writing them or things like that, but the different octaves of his voice and the way that Jamie Foxx was able to do everything and play the piano and it was, it's, impeccable it's incredible how he was able to do that yeah it's it's, yeah. it's just super talented and it's like one of those things to where like you, you spoke on it before jamie fox had such an amazing year that year in terms of literally being nominated for oscars in two films and it's like you think that guy like writes his check and he can do anything he wants to after that but it doesn't actually really go that way and i find that so fascinating i find that so fascinating yeah, I don't know. He's uh he's had a very interesting career. We'll get into it later, but uh. yeah, I just it. I mean, it's it's bananas. But like um, it it just musically, the things that like that Ray Charles was able to do, and the way and the way that he knew what everything sounded like, and what everything like needed to be, as far as even like the notes where it needed to be and where what octave range people needed to be in. And it wasn't like he was just like, that. he just knew all of that is, I don't know. It's just a huge testament, but the way that Jamie Foxx was able to me to is the best part of the movie for me. The, the way that he was able to capture the way that his pitch and tone and tenor and everything else is, is, and also the movements when he's playing the piano and to be able to play the piano like Ray Charles is incredible, man. Like that's, that's, an underrated part of this movie. He actually learned how to do that. Yeah, I always knew that he did the singing in this movie because, like, you know, Gold Digger came out like right after, like everybody was on the Jamie Foxx Ray Charles impression thing. But I had no idea that he played the piano in this movie until today. It's also really cool. I really like how they delineate the the, the differences in genre of Ray Charles's music as he's trying to find himself, mm-hmm. and he's literally operating in different genres. I thought they did a really good job of like parsing that out of like. This is a dude who, because he was his hearing was so good, he could literally sound like anybody. But at some point, he had to figure out what his own voice was. And uh, uh, unfortunately for some people, like literally, he was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna make gospel songs. But I'm just gonna make them about sex and love." And people were pissed off about that. And it's like they do such a good job with going through those motions of him operating in different genres. And I, I really appreciate that part about the movie. I do love, I do love that part of the movie, though. Um where it's also where they have the couple come in and it's just like you're saying this is a crime against humanity this is a crime against god and like you're like i love you're that all going to hell. yeah every single one of you is going to hell and and even the band members like oh you know what you're right and he leaves the i had no idea that ray charles was controversial in that way before watching no me either like, yeah, I had like heard a bunch of Ray Charles songs and stuff like that. And I knew about him and who he was and stuff like that, but I had no idea that he was an innovator in that way and that that was like offensive to people at the time. But that's just life now. It's so wild that that like that caused a stir. 
like that, like, like like boycotts and things like that, where it's just like he took Amazing Grace and he turned it into like, and you're just like, like that's a big deal. People you know were I mean? pissed, man. People were super pissed. Um, and the fact that they used like, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a it's a black club, but the fact that they used a a black couple and not like a super racist white couple coming in to the club and like yelling at them, I think spoke a little bit more too in that mm-hmm. moment. I, I don't know, but like it was just it it was interesting to see that that even like historically even even black people were just like this is this is the worst thing that has ever happened. And you're just like let's calm down. <laughs> yeah, I just can't imagine black people today doing that, and that that part kind of threw me off because of that. Because I mean that's literally what a carrot is now. Like mm-hmm. we think of white women like causing that kind of stir. Yeah, they literally yeah. broke into this. They literally broke in and ruined everybody's night by like. Fuck this! This is awful. You're going to jail. You're going to hell. And it's like, dude, we're just trying to have some fun. Like no one's gonna, no one's dying here. Hey, hey man, down. it sounds good. Relax. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't want to dance. Y'all yeah. want to drink or something? Y'all need. They needed a drink bad. They needed. They needed. Drink. Yeah, they needed some heroin. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it, it. I do love how it, even he rolled with the punches, where he was just like, "Do y'all like my music?" they're all like yes <laughs> all right fine um the carrie washington cry face um okay well i did say that <laughs> i did have this dumb note uh david crumholz looks younger here than he did in 10 things i hate about you which we were really he looks like a 38 year old in 10 things i hate about you and he looks younger here um, amazing half of this budget went to that fake ass hummingbird that was sitting outside of that window <laughs> that was the fakest looking up he's like i can hear the hummingbird um oh that uh, the guy that played a met can kind of sing actually uh yeah. when they're doing that when song were, when he was like sing your song for me i was like oh this kind of jamming low-key is that a, i wonder if that's the, I, I find myself thinking like is that the real story of that song like some record executive wrote the song yeah I that's crazy <laughs> i do love how i do love how they I mean, kind of towards the end, we'll, we'll skip around here, but the, kind of towards the end when he's about to go sign from Atlantic to, uh, I think it's ABC, um, how <laughs> they don't, like, the biggest confrontation they have is with the guy that plays Jerry Wexler, which is played really well. I mean, character actor Richard Schiff, who's, mm-hmm. you know, West Wing and everything else, but he's great in this as well. So is Curtis Armstrong as uh, Ahmet, but, like, the biggest confrontation they have is where he's like, Ray, I thought we were family. And he's like, you are family, but you know, money. And they, and he was just like, Oh, well, like, you know, yeah. Like they like literally left on good terms. And it's like, oh, that feels I don't know. Money. Like, how, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe like, maybe they were friends because he was like the first big artist that, I mean, he put them on the map for sure. But like, I just find it hard to believe that in the 19th, like they made them the good white people, you know, and like it yeah. just, I just find it hard to believe that he, they weren't also suckering him somehow. And I guess they kind of felt the, it felt the burden of him leaving, definitely. But it's Atlantic Records. Like, like am I supposed to feel sorry for Atlantic Records? <laughs> Backtracking just slightly, I looked it up and Mess Around was in fact written by Ahmed. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I thought that was movie magic. As soon as I saw that, I was like, that didn't fucking happen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, that, that... 
That's Shouts a, to Ahmed. Shouts to Ahmed. But like, I do love, I, I just love that, that part of the story where it's just like the, the biggest confrontation note in that, in that argument is just like, what are you going to do? Like, we can't offer you that. <laughs> and he just kind of walks out of the room, like ho-hum. Yeah. I don't know if it happened like that. Holy shit. I'm looking up more about Ahmed and apparently he injured he like tripped at a Rolling Stones concert, hit his head and died. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Or he like went into a coma and then later died. But God damn. What yeah. a way to go. A Rolling Stones concert. Yeah. In two thousand six. As like an eighty year old. Yeah, I guess to there's. To be fair, your eighty year olds probably shouldn't be at Rolling Stones concert. Yeah, what do you do? Probably huh? not. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> God damn, that's not a. Eighty year olds are the Rolling Stones, though. Uh, that's a really good point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the Rolling Stones are eighty year olds, so yeah. I, I stand corrected. My favorite scene in the movie, to me, and it's just because I love the song, is um, when he composes "What Did I Say" on the uh, on the fly. Yep, I I love it. I, it's just maybe because that song's so classic and it's used in so many movies and everything else. But also to show the crossover success of that song with the white kids dancing at the beach. Oh yeah, <laughs> just like like you know this song was huge because you got you got white teenagers dancing at the beach and a white dad looking on disapprovingly, doing the dumbest fucking dance I've ever seen. Just like the twist. They uh, were doing like their weird like circle like hype like the monkey thing or whatever it was called the monkey yeah. dance. I forget what that was called. Doing their like little fucking pre TikTok dances and shit. Uh, pre TikTok dances. Um, <laughs> um, dances are categorized pre TikTok and post TikTok. Post TikTok categorize all dances. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, the, yeah, and then it, oh, the one of the great lines uh, in this, I think it was delivered by Regina King, was uh, "We do singing, not hog calling." I was like, and the guy goes, "Oh, that's cold." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then okay, speaking of the womanizing in this, and and how they briefly touched on how kind of a like, first of all, Ray Charles, Dirty Mac Hall of Fame. Like, incredible. Facts. Um, it, it really doesn't touch on as much as, like, how poorly once he started getting famous. And they just kind of, when they when he fires Jeff Brown, or uh, I think it was Jeff Brown in the movie, when he fires Jeff Brown and, uh, you know, he was stealing from me and he fires Big Head and um, all that stuff is it it kind of touches on how big of a dick he started to be when he got super famous, but it doesn't touch on enough how terrible of a womanizer he was. And we talked about that a little bit, but it's just like, they, they show it through him sleeping, like breaking up basically with his first lead singer. I forget her name. Um, his first lead singer and then doing, and then going with Regina King who has a tragic story on her own, uh, by the way. Not Regina King, the, the woman that she plays. I mean, obviously yeah. she dies in the movie and um, she kind of dies in anonymity, like anonymously. 
um, after trying to go solo and, you know, has a baby by Ray Charles and gets addicted to drugs and alcohol herself and basically like drinks herself to death. It's, it's a very tragic story. And they just, and this is what I didn't like. This is why it's a B minus for me. They just glaze over the surface of how poorly yeah. he treated some of these women. And it was just like, oh, she's mad. And she threw a brick through his car, you know? yeah never brought back up and it and it's like you know in the the hit the road jack song too is after he basically breaks up with his, his with regina king and you know that's how they introduce that song which is a weird theatrical choice because she's like, if you watch the music, yeah, her video, like angry singing into the, into the, <laughs> hit the her angry singing into the camera to show she's dumped. <laughs> yeah, and just like crying and everything, and it was like it's she's Regina King sold it as she does, um, but I don't know. Like, do y'all have anything on that? Like, I'm just rambling, but I, I just feel like it. That's part of the reason why I kind of docked it. It's so light on that. Yeah, it feels like they definitely. It's like if you're not gonna do it, then just don't do it. Like don't don't do the half measure where you're kind of dabbling it, but you actually tie it to the larger storyline. Because the womanizing doesn't really touch on any part of the storyline other than when uh, Regina King's character dies, and he's like, "Oh my God, I'm already taking care of that kid," and it's like, boom, never hear about that storyline ever again. Push forward with the career, and it's like that was weird. It seems like that would be something that would have like a major effect on him. Did he treat his wife better after that? Was he still womanizing after that? Who knows? And so it just feels like they're just including like these highlights of it without actually digging into what the actual storyline should be. So it just feels kind of half-baked the whole time. Yeah, I was going to say, like, for me, it's this movie is basically about Ray Charles getting addicted to heroin and then getting off of heroin. Like, that's kind of how it ends. It's like, okay, he's not doing heroin anymore. Movie over. Great. Happy ending. But the rest of everything that happens just kind of comes and goes for no real reason. Like, you don't see him grow as a husband at all. You don't see him grow as a father at all. You, like, he treats all these women extremely poorly. They, like, I don't know. They don't go all the way there with any of it. You know, he doesn't, like, learn any lesson from any of it. He just gets off heroin and the movie's over. So, yeah, yeah, you know, that's... I think they could have made that part of the story. That's a very good point, Dex, because he didn't learn any in the movie. He doesn't learn any lesson, which the real Ray Charles did. Like he didn't touch heroin again, you know, didn't allegedly like didn't touch drugs again and stuff. And, uh, you know, left left his left all of his children a pretty good inheritance. And, and you know, as as well as uh, and it's in that's this is in the movie is it, he, he reconciled with all of his children, which is a big mm -hmm. part because. I think he had 12 children by like 10 different women or something like that. And Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Like that's what I say. It when, barely glazes the surface. When were condoms invented? Uh, <laughs> the mid the the 16th century. Like <laughs> um oh my God, Ray, what are you doing? Yeah, I he couldn't see, man. Couldn't I mean it's tough. Yeah, I guess if you, when you can't see where the condoms are stored, yeah. you yeah. just don't use them. <laughs> what a what an ex what a built-in excuse. What a built-in <laughs> babe, I swear. I can't I got I some just, condoms around here somewhere, but I can't see where they are. So yeah. I just 
literally, I forgot, sorry, we can't use forgot those. where sorry. I put them. Um, Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Pull out game is strong. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> Don't pay attention to my eight other kids. <laughs> I, yeah, like I think he, it was either like 12 different children by like 10 different women because I think he had multiple children with his wife. But, um, you know, he, the, there is no lesson learned really other than like, oh, I got clean. And then it was like, and then in the end, the whole trope that we all love on this podcast cured racism in, uh, in <laughs> Georgia. And, uh, right. And, um, I love how Georgia is like, we're no longer racist because Georgia on my mind is our state song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like how the resolution was. We give an official apology. Bitch, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> Finally We're offered. sorry. Thanks. We're, so We're okay. sorry about the racism. <laughs> an official apology. What is he supposed to do with that? Like hanging on his wall? <laughs> he can't Apparently read it. He got a plaque. <laughs> Wild times. No, I, I, I just, I, there is just so many like non lessons learned other than like, Oh, maybe I should be a better father. Like you're already supposed to like this is a Chris Rock joke. Like you're already supposed. This is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have that moment because like you hear about his son like being good at baseball or whatever, and how he like doesn't Ray Charles doesn't care or whatever. But like, do we go back to that? No, we don't. It just doesn't. No, happen. we never visit that. You know the built-in excuse throughout the entire movie, and they barely they barely touch on his psychosis or psyche rather, and and obviously his mental illnesses that he has with like never really coming to terms with anyone about his blindness and and yeah. you just have to deal with it on his own and his loneliness and obviously obvious depression and anxieties about being blind and and thriving in this business and trying to still be creative and find out who he is and all of these things that everyone does everyone goes through but a lot you know a lot of people don't but people get help for before it's too late and it's just like and it, but he barely touches on it where he's just like he just has these monologues with regina king where it's like you don't know what it's like you know what i mean and it, that's it <laughs> and it's delivered perfectly by by jamie fox but it's the whole you don't know what it's like to be me shtick yeah, and like he has, he doesn't even have an actual therapy session in the movie. It's just the guy playing chess with him, like asking <laughs> like two questions. He doesn't get an answer, and then I guess that's therapy for Ray right. Charles. <laughs> that's I forgot about that. He's like, I'm not gonna play chess with you no more. He's like, damn it. <laughs> and then he's off air. Oh, so the movie's over. Um. Yeah. I. I... I'll, I do love when the women are fighting and they're just like, should we get in there? And the, all the men are like, no. Like, no, no, we should not. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Sad I, advice. I, just a couple more things for me. And these are the last few notes that I have is, is it really does just, I mean, it, it shows the, it shows the one clip of him walking into the thing being, um, saying he's not playing the Jim Crow South anymore. That guy suing them. He basically winning that lawsuit because he has better lawyers. And it, it, but then it was like newspaper clipping Ray Charles activist. And that's it. 
Like that's a huge part of Ray Charles's story. Yeah. 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 Well, I we totally agree. Having, while we've been having this conversation, I've been like in 2020, this movie is probably just about that. Like yeah, exactly. Ray Charles refusing to play in Georgia and like everything that comes from that. And it might be a better movie. You don't get as good of a performance from Jamie Foxx, like just having him do that one song. Thing. But yeah, if they made a Ray Charles biopic in 2020, it's probably just about that moment. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. That's a very good point. Like if this movie and like long biopics have, and I, I also said that it, it, uh, so, I keep relating it back to walk the line, but walk the line almost suffered from this a little bit as well too. But like they isolated it a little bit more isolating a certain moment of someone of of a really well-known person's life. I think we now found out that is more compelling. That's absolutely more compelling. It is super hard to tell someone's literal life story, especially someone who lived to old age. It is super hard to tell someone's life story in two and a half or three hours. It's just hard. It's just, especially mm-hmm. someone who has had as many things happen in his life and as many things that people know about happen in his life as Ray Charles. It's like, it's like, how do you, how do you even tr- begin to try to start at his childhood and end up at his, end up at the point where he's about to die? Uh, it, it's just really tough. Whereas I always enjoy when we could look at a year, two years, three years of someone's life with the same central themes at play. So you get to actually see what these things mean and how those things have changed that person. There's not really a lot going on in terms of like change that Ray made from being a kid to being an adult, other than the fact that he stopped using heroin. Like there's not a lot of like, you see human growth. You don't see a lot of that. You just see him womanizing and going through life and things are happening to him and he's writing more songs and then he just stops using heroin and the movie ends. Like that's, that's it. Yeah, there there was a certain point in there, and I mean, like the guy had to go through more than I will ever go through in a thousand lifetimes, and he, he accomplished way more than any of us will ever accomplish in a thousand lifetimes. But there was a point in this film where it was like, where he was like, "You don't know what it's like to be me." And I was like, "You're rich and famous. You are literally, literally at the height of fame." Or the most famous person. That's why sometimes I had, I sometimes have problems with like biopics, like our biopics. I keep, I never know how to pronounce that, but it was like, I, I sometimes have problems with that. Where it's like, especially with like the Johnny Cash one, where it's like you're white, rich, and famous. Like, yeah, like <laughs> life is your life is going pretty well for you, despite whatever you might not like about it. Like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't switch places with most people. <laughs> right. I don't know, and. uh I think that's where, not to get off, but I think that's where like mini series now we found that like mini series, like if this was a three, four part mini series on HBO, this would kill. This would be great because yeah, you can yeah. do the whole, you have the time, you have five hours, you know, where you, as you're just like, we're just going to put everything in here and we got to find a place to end it. <laughs> and it's just like, and really, they ended it probably where they where it comes to its natural conclusion. Um, now choosing to end it with they ended racism as a choice, but like it, it's natural because Ray Charles, regardless of his final album that he that his posthumous album that won all these Grammys and sold all these records, yep. he kind of had a really big dip in the eighties, like from the eighties. And he kind of had a career revival towards the end because everybody's like, oh, he's old and. Uh, uh, but then he had a huge posthumous album that I think won like five Grammys or something like that. Um, so there, they, it probably came to its natural conclusion where they ended the movie. 
but it's just I don't know. I don't they know. They didn't do a good enough job. Yeah, they didn't do a good enough job tying up the rest of the plot lines. The only thing that gets tied up is he stopped using hair and racism is over. But like mm-hmm. the rest of everything else that we've done is just kind of wasted. Like he doesn't grow as a father, like we mentioned. Like he doesn't grow as a husband. He's not a better person other than being off heroin. Which I think that's like even the growing as a husband thing, like it shows like they're still together at the end. I think they got divorced. Like they didn't end up together. Like I think that's inaccurate in the film. Like the timeline they gave, I think she was gone. Like I think she finally had had enough. Um, which shout out to that woman for, I mean, obviously rich and famous husband in the 60s in the Stand By Your Man era. Like, eh. Stand so, By Your Man era is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> which I think, like, I think she's going <laughs> to stick around no matter what. But um, I do love the line is like, was where he's like, she has a son. He's like, you know about that? Like, what do you think, dude? <laughs> no she's just calling the house like you know when he's like nice. she's like i'll send it she was so ride or die though she's like i'll send him some she knew what it was about instantly she's like i'll start sending him some money and he, he was like All right, he was he definitely thought he was better at hiding things than he was like literally putting your heroin kit like where you keep your shaving kit is probably not the best choice to put some, yeah. something like that but you know like hide it in the attic you know yeah just literally like hide it somewhere you have people that literally work for you just literally make one of them hold it don't bring it back. Like, <laughs> yeah do it at the office your own office where you pay rent exactly <laughs> like it just was weird to like i'm gonna put it in my top drawer she'll never look here <laughs> also uh, while we're talking about him doing his wife dirty we have to talk about them doing Christmas in October and the mistress calling. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, woman? I live here. Like, what are you like? <laughs> I do love that. They're like, are you crazy? My kids Ooh, are here. That like, was that was that Rihanna who was like? I think it was Rihanna and Chris Brown who like showed up at the Laker game on Christmas Day, and Chris Brown's girlfriend at the time was oh, at no. home like, "Holy shit!" Oh yeah, that, that, yeah, that's that. Why was the thing? Karuchi was at home watching the Lakers game like the rest of us. They saw <laughs> oh, no. your boyfriend sitting next to Rihanna, his oh, ex girlfriend. Good lord! At the that's Laker what game, that reminded me. <laughs> with the gall, you know that you're Chris Brown, you know, and she's Rihanna. You, it's a hundred percent certain that you're going to end up on camera. Like, there's a hundred percent certainty of that. And Chris Brown was just like, "Fuck it." Courtside, like, the, like, the 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 yeah, like that's that's a level of like, see, in the stand your stay stick by your man era. Karuchi was like, "Nah, fuck that. We're off that stick by your man era. This, <laughs> we is, this is a bridge too far. I can't take this shit anymore. I'm out of here." You know, embarrass me in a Laker game like this? That's crazy. You no. gonna ruin my fake Christmas like this? <laughs> I, I do love that like that bit like, what are you doing my kids are there like <laughs> i do how love how this number how do you I think do, Duh. <laughs> i i do love how bad of a dad he is such an absentee father that he's just like christmas <laughs> yikes oh man i ain't gonna be here for christmas so we'll just do it now randomly <laughs> 
There's no Santa. <laughs> Fuck Santa. It's just Christmas now. Santa didn't buy you these presents. Santa doesn't write the checks. Amazing. Um, I, 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 I did. It was kind of heartbreaking. Some of the douchebag cops just taking the, just taking so much advantage of a blind, of a blind man, dude. That stinks. Like that sucked when they're it's just like bad. pizza. They're like pizza or package. You know what I mean? And then you just come in. <laughs> like, come on, man. Also, just let just let the guy do heroin. Like, yeah. he's not hurting anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, as a police officer, yeah, just let the guy do heroin. Like, he's, okay. he's not selling the it. Black guy does heroin. Yeah, he is literally. He cannot go anywhere. <laughs> Like, yeah, what's what's the harm? Also, as a police officer, also you know, getting him off the plane, like you knew that he had drugs on him. Come on, man. <laughs> they're like, we're starting with you first, Ray. And he's like, shit. <laughs> I do want more details about who snitched on Ray Charles having pills on the plane. Like, who was the is... fucking asshole? <laughs> I was like, you know what, fuck Ray Charles. I'm calling. The- what I love it. We're gonna do this randomly. Let's start with you, Mr. Charles. <laughs> Known drug user. Um we heard that there were drugs on this plane. Bitch from who? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Was it fathead? Big head? We're all on the plane. Like no <laughs> who'd you hear this from? Incredible. Um, I do love that loophole though. It's like I need my lawyers. He's like, no lawyers on international trips. You're like, what? <laughs> where'd that rule come from yeah let me see that manual um uh, yeah and then letting all the paparazzi in basically to take pictures of a blind guy like that sucks Ugh, pretty awful that made me feel bad actually that actually made me feel bad like one of the few times in this movie but the um and my last note is not only doing drugs and being blind has to be nuts coming off drugs detoxing and being blind that has to be even more wild. Like, what is happening? You know what I mean? Because yeah. it feels like I, I, I've heard and, you know, seen on, seen on videos and stuff. It's like, if doing heroin is like, it's based, people have, like, it's better than sex. Like, it's the, it's the apparently it's the best thing. Like that's it's, a line, it's a line in this film. It's better than sex. And that's why I knew heroin is not for me. Yeah. It's, I should away from me and my family. Yeah, I cannot. What was it? Louis C.K. before he got canceled uh, had a joke that was basically like, <laughs> was basically like, drugs are so good, they'll ruin your life. And it's just like that makes a whole lot of sense. But like if doing drugs, if doing heroin is better than than having sex, I have heard that doing heroin, like coming off of heroin, you feel like you're dying. Jesus. Like you feel like you're going to die. And that's why they offer you the the um, methadone or whatever it is that that helps mm-hmm. you come off of help come off of heroin and stuff like that because it helps you ease and that's why people get hooked to methadone not for a little history lesson on that but like that's yeah. part of the reason and it feels like you're dying so being blind and going through that and, and people are coming in to strap you down and shit like that has to be terrifying oh my that god has to be the nightmare. fucking worse nightmare I, I don't know i don't know man that's that sounds terrible yeah my mom always like 
I mean, drugs never really came up that much in my life because, like, who am I? I'm not going to be out here fucking doing drugs. But uh, my mom always said, you never want to start that shit because ending it is hell. Like, you're either yeah. going to die or, like, it's going to feel like you're going to die. Yeah. And that always stuck with me. And, like, especially watching, like, those those detoxing scenes of this movie, I was like, man, fuck, getting off drugs looks fucking awful i never want to have to no, do that no thank you I will <laughs> this this no, does a, thank you yeah this does a very good job of it um if you haven't if you've ever seen the fighter um that does a very christian bale does a really good job of that as well oh, yeah. too, coming off of uh crack <laughs> and uh so yeah that's that's nuts but uh all right so we're gonna talk about jamie fox's career uh because we were going to do, like I said, we were going to do top 10 things featuring Jamie Foxx because apparently he's just been in everything. So number one pick would have been Gold Digger. But um, <laughs> the... I was also going to pick like random late night show skits, like the musical impressions and shit like that. My number one pick was definitely going to be Django. I, and I don't even love his performance in that movie, but I just fucking love that movie. The movie's so good, man. I uh, love that movie. So we'll, eventually, we'll eventually do that one as well. Um we did Inglorious Bastards, which uh, that also incredible. But incredible um, film. the yeah, uh, I was gonna pick. I was gonna pick the um, co- the Comedy Central roast of Emmett Smith, where he was oh. uh, roasting that comedian. <laughs> in, this is your conscience. You That's a that great. A that joke. is amazing. You thought that was a good joke. This is your yeah. Look that up. Go look that up. I think it's his name was uh, his last name was Brown. I think was the comedian's name. But they didn't cut his mic, and the dude was just bombing on stage with his jokes. And they didn't cut Jamie Foxx's mic, and he just roasted the guy. And I think it ruined that guy's career. <laughs> yeah, it was because Jamie Foxx was being like he was roasting him, but like he he definitely did it with malice. Like he was trying to embarrass that guy. And he succeeded very greatly because <laughs> he fucked that guy up. I don't think he ever, I think he's still maybe a comedian, but like, I don't, he, he when you're doing those roasts, you're like a comedian on the rise usually. And yeah. uh, then never again that, for that guy. That was the end of the rise. That was the end of that. <laughs> he wasn't, he was not crushing it before Jamie Foxx had to like get him out of there. He was not crushing it. He was not doing a very good job. <laughs> so Jamie Foxx is now um, 53. Which is wild. Wow, he's aging well. Yeah. Damn. Um, oh, I can't wait for Soul to come to Disney Plus. That movie's gonna be so good. Um, Exciting. The, he's, so, in, he's in Soul. He's yeah, in that movie. He's the main character in Soul. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, he's I didn't know that either. That's gonna be good though. So he got his start on In Living Color. Um. He wasn't a he was in 96 episodes of In Living Color, if you can believe that. Um that, you know, names like Jim Carrey were also same in place. That. Yep. Jim Carrey also got to start there. Yeah, and David Allen Greer was also on that show for a long time. Uh I think it was also a Wayne's brothers yep. vehicle. But yep. um so he did that. He was in he was in the movie Toys with Robin Williams. But there's a period in here where it was like Okay, well, we're making Jamie Foxx happen. I don't know. What do y'all feel about his career? Y'all, y'all, TG had some takes. He went out to do the Jamie Foxx show, which was great. Uh, Jamie Foxx was really good. Then he was in a whole bunch of like, uh, like small black comedies. He was in a movie called Held Up. He was in Bait. He was in 
breaking all the rules. He started, he started, yeah, booty calls. He starts doing all these like black kind of, kind of comedy, kind of classic movies. And then he starts to get like the big Hollywood push. And so you start to see him in bigger stuff. That's how he ends up in, uh, well, the the weird part is after this, so he does Ali, which is huge for him. He, he does any given Sunday. Then he gets around to doing Ray and doing Collateral, which were huge. But like in twenty six in two thousand six, he does Miami Vice and Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls is good. It got stealth some buzz. Sucks. He was in Stealth. Yes, it's really <laughs> bad. Uh, and then he's like ends up doing like at some point he he's like doing uh, Baby Driver and like he's like just a stereotype in the movie and he has like nothing to do in the movie. And it's like how did he go from being nominated for two Oscars in one year to being like the sixth most famous person in Baby Driver with like nothing to do at all. Like it's, bit it's, roles, it's weird. Bit roles in Due Date and Rio, the the animated movie, and Horrible, which he's great in Horrible Bosses. He's really funny, but like he's pretty good in that. But like, like he doesn't have like he doesn't have a lot of time like in the movie. Yeah, like bit roles in that. The uh, I mean, apparently he's redoing Electro in the newest spot, which I'm actually kind of excited for. But like, that's a terrible thing. He was done bad in in Spider Man Two or the Amazing Spider Man Two. He does that like movie a, just thinks as a whole. By yeah, the way. like that's not on <laughs> <laughs> that movie just sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like there was a time. When they were just like, he was, it was, it was the same. Okay, here's my take. Him and um, uh, Will Smith basically had the same career trajectories, it feels like. Except for Jamie Foxx got into like music a lot later. But like, what is also weird, where he was like, all right. Having music super late was like, yeah, by the way, I'm making an R&B album, which isn't half bad either. It's, that's the weird yeah, part. Yeah, it's pretty like, good. It, it actually kind of works. <laughs> I mean, he's on some great, he's on some classic Kanye songs, like arguably the most famous Kanye song. And then it's just like, but yeah, some of the projects that are, are chosen is so weird. Did y'all he's like Project way... Power? I think that was this year. Did y'all, eh, did y'all no. watch it? No. I haven't even watched it, man. I watched I... it. It's, I miss. It's not that. great. It is not great. But it's so indicative of the kind of movies that Jamie Foxx has like been doing. It's like, what is this? Like, you're too That's talented what I'm to saying. be doing these kind of movies. Way too good an actor to be in this many fucking stinkers. Like he was in that Robin yep. Hood stinker mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Like he's just in so much terrible shit. He like has tried to do the action star thing. He was in what was White, it House Sleepless, White House Sleepless Down, White House or something like that. Yeah. A, a terrible Annie remake. Why? Like, if he can get Collateral, one, Collateral is really good, but also, two, he's really good in the movie, and you're you're right next to one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. It seems like that should elevate you. That should, that should, you won an Oscar, and you were going to with Tom Cruise. So it's like, it seems like you should be able to do whatever the hell you want to, and either he didn't actually get those opportunities, or he just chose the shittiest projects, but that kind of hurt him. He just did some stuff that wasn't very memorable. Well, you know what it is? He tries to do, besides Dreamgirls, for a bit, it's like he tries to do the action star thing. Yeah, yep. Like Miami, like you said, Miami Vice, Jarhead, Stealth. Oh, I forgot about Jarhead. Ooh, man. Could you have picked some better projects? <laughs> like, ooh, Stealth stinks, man. That, he like, did so many bad movies. I remember, like... I don't remember what award show it was. I think it was the BET Awards. He was like, I think Sleepless was about to come out. 
or had just come out and he was like i know my last one was terrible but this one's gonna be better and it wasn't it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't and it wasn't um it 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 is interesting though because it feels like there's sort of a come around there. I mean, Just Mercy was apparently very good. I'm I, I don't want to feel bad, so I haven't watched it yet. Um, He's, he does a pretty good job in it. It's a, it's a perfectly fine movie. Like it, it's it's more in line with this kind of stuff that he should be making if he's going to do serious stuff. Him as an action star just did, like didn't really catch. It just like never did. Well, it's also it's like all right, you're gonna go do a British. I, I or I haven't seen it. Did he have a British accent in Robin Hood? Oh God! Kind of like, come know. on, man! Like, oh God! What are we doing? That movie is god awful. I went and saw it in theaters because <laughs> in 2018 I was just seeing literally everything that came out in theaters. But yeah, that one fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, it, we can go round and round with this, but it's just like looking at his projects. It, besides Django Unchained, it really has just been. Baby, I mean, you don't like Baby Driver, which fuck it's, you, it's man. That movie's good. I, I, I do not like Baby Driver, but more, even if the movie was good, like the role he has, it's like this dude is that talented, and this is the role that he's playing. And Kevin Spacey's got a better role. Like that's just, <laughs> it's just weird, man. It's just weird. Um, not that Kevin Spacey isn't talented, obviously, but like it's just mm, weird, man. Disavow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no comment on Hashtag Kevin Spacey. I fucking love that. God, man, half of that movie is like in the waste bin. That sucks because I really like that movie. Um, let's see. I mean, but then you look at some of these things like he's going to redo Electro, which it's going to be part of the MCU, which I feel like will be good. I feel like it's going to be a Spider-Verse movie, obviously. Like they've done he's the worst. It's going to be fucking awesome. I cannot yeah. wait for this. This is going to be amazing. They're, they're, they've done the shittiest job of hiding that it's going to be a Spider-Verse movie. Yeah, um, I'm stunned that they've yeah. let all that in. Yeah, the fact that we know that three, two, like three generations of Spider-Man are going to be in this movie. Like we know y'all saw Spider-Verse being awesome. It was like, oh, we can easily do that. Those. Andrew Garfield, he could come show up, and Tom McGuire's got nothing to do. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> that guy's been doing. He's free. Bring him on a movie set. It's gonna be fucking awesome. I cannot wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I heard somebody said like, you gotta pay Toby McGuire a ton of money because he literally does not give a shit if he comes back or not. Like he could care. <laughs> <laughs> like, just... He's not getting off the couch unless like you give him a nice salary because he does not care that you never gonna see Tom McGuire. Man, he, he made so much money in the early 2000s. He was like. Fuck this. I don't have to do it. You did anything. it the right way. I don't want to be a movie star for a bajillion years. Nope. I'm going to make a shitload of money and I'm going to disappear and go live like a normal person. And much respect to Toby McGuire, man. I think he still produces a lot of stuff. Like he's like, he and Leo DiCaprio are randomly really good friends. Like, really? Yeah. And uh, like, that means if he wanted to be in a movie, he could literally just walk onto the set of a Leo movie and get a part. I mean, he, he was in. He just doesn't want to. No, yeah, he he was in. Uh, he could take any Jonah Hill role. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, but like he produces a lot of movies, but that is so random that MCU like Kevin Feige, who is like has a gag order on every single like we didn't even R.I.P. But like we didn't even know that Chadwick Boseman had cancer. Yeah, like that's like, that how. Didn't even get out. You know, it's crazy that all that stuff got out, but I, every time like the new Spider-Man news coming out, I'm like, I'm oh, yeah, already I'm obsessed with the Spider-Man movies. I love the, I, I love those movies. So it's just like, now we're gonna have fucking Jamie Foxx in a movie and the previous two Spider-Mans. I'm fucking in. I, I don't work. think that they will mess it up, but there is such a big probability that they could fuck that up. <laughs> 
like it's, it's like they can't do it as well as the cartoon did because the cartoon kind of had mm-hmm. everything like it just, it just did <sighs> that might be my favorite that might be my favorite superhero movie that movie's it's so, so good it's good. so good um this back to jamie fox sorry we cannot bring up the amazing spider-man 2 without talking about the fact that when he becomes an electro eel cap in his teeth <laughs> <laughs> i forget that they make him look so like uh nerdy scientist guy he has get he has a gap in his teeth i think he might even speak with a lisp and he like and yeah he gets electrocuted and they're just like you know what let's fix that gap like just yeah. don't even have a gap what are we doing they just like it's very dramatic like cgi a part of this scene is like they want you to take note of the fact that he no longer has a gap in his teeth <laughs> man oh buddy i gotta tell you what is going to stink he's redoing electro but he's doing the spawn movie oh no they're making spawn again yeah he's gonna be spawn oh wait didn't you say he's 53 yeah what are we doing <laughs> what are we doing why, why is spawn in his 50s because jamie fox looks like he's 38 oh that this 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 could be bad. This could be very bad. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to. Jeremy Renner is also in it. So, I mean, eh, take that for what you will. Um, he's Isn't got he also project. playing Mike Tyson. Yes. Yeah, he's definitely playing Mike Tyson. We don't know anything about like the movie's going to be good yet, but I'm excited to see him play Mike Tyson. But I'm excited about that. But yeah, he's been in hella stinkers, man. He's way too talented to <laughs> have this many bad movies on the docket. I think that that's like what you think about his career. Like we all know he has talent. He's shown it to us in various different types of movies, but it's like, you don't get that. You get one really great Jamie Foxx performance in a great movie every five years, maybe every, it's like, you don't get him enough. It's because he, he's just like not making the kind of projects that he should be making. And he's been in some, everybody has been in some stinkers, but he feels like he's been in more stinkers like per capita than a lot of people with his talent level for sure. Well, Will Smith has this same problem. I don't know what it is. Like Will Smith has this same problem too. Yeah. But the thing is, Will Smith hasn't made anything good in a long time, but he made so many good things that like he, he was, he had such a big lead that he's made, he's had a decade of making shitty movies. And it's like, he's still Will Smith. He's still one of the biggest stars in Hollywood because he's Will Smith, like he's been in fucking, he was in fucking Independence Day. Like, how can you say anything about that guy? Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, like, I, I think the Aladdin movie was good. I mean, we're talking about Will Smith now, but like, it, it just it seems like some of the same weird projection, and the fact that they were both in Ali was it's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, and also just linking yourself to Kanye. Kanye is sort of an interesting choice for like your career. <laughs> I mean, uh, Jimmy Fox got some weird. Jimmy Fox has weird political takes too, so I, yeah. I, I'm not sure that the gap between the Jimmy Fox and Kanye political discussions is as vast as we might think. Uh, Jimmy Fox has had some weird takes too. <laughs> hey, small town Texas, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I will say that this is my my huge redeeming thing, and people won't give this enough credit but if you want somebody to make your talk show better that episode that day book jamie fox yeah he is going to dominate the set but he will 
bring the heat every All single time. All he's got to do is do the Doc Rivers impression, and I'll just sit there with that. Like, the Doc Rivers impression that he does is super amazing. It is incredible. If he he is an all-time great late-night talk show guest. Like, Yeah, he's really good. There's very few that have been as consistently great as Jamie Foxx on late-night talk shows. If you haven't looked – like. Uh, Graham Norton, if you haven't ever watched any of his videos, he's a he's a British talk show host, and he always consistently has the the best guests and best interviews ever. If you haven't ever, you can get down a YouTube hole of Graham Norton videos, but go look at some of his stories and like his stories about like helping uh, Ed Sheeran find out who he was and like all the he name drops like nobody else, <laughs> ever. but it's also because he's connected. But like he's been famous forever, but like. But, like, go look at some of the Graham Norton interviews with Jamie Foxx, and it's just incredible how charismatic that guy is. Like, if I had a tenth of his charisma, I, I you know, I don't know what – I would act a fool, like, if I had, like, that much charisma. <laughs> people, be annoyed, people would be so annoyed. Um, all right, so that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Um, is there anything – Dex, you watched The Witches. Is there anything that we've all sort of watched? Anything we are watching? You don't need to watch it. Don't need to watch it. You don't need to watch it. That shit fucking stinks. Anne Hathaway was wilding. I don't know why that movie. Why they give her a unibrow? Or uh, I guess it's not a unibrow. She looks weird. Why they make her look like? Well, she's bald and she has like Joker smile thing. Yeah, that's like a part of. I have not watched this yet. It looks really bad. You don't need to watch the trailer. I was like, oh, this does not look great. (laughs) Uh, You watch Borat, Teej. Uh, Borat's fucking awesome. If you like the first Borat, you'll definitely like the second one. Uh, I, I just can't believe that they did it again. Like it just, it just feels impossible that they were able to do this again, and yet they were able to do this again. I'm about halfway through it, and I, I like was shocked by even halfway through what I've seen. Like the debutante ball thing, I was like, oh my, oh my god. god. It's just you haven't even got to the abortion scene yet. Oh my god, dude. Was I just it, can't believe no the abortions able to do this again. Was it the Georgia or North Carolina abortion thing where he's like he's like I'm her father I put the baby inside. Oh yeah her. yeah yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and he's like I, that I doesn't even matter. I had to keep pausing it. I was just like I literally can't make it through this scene. Like I could not do it. It's it's so incredible and and uh, shout shout out to I mean I think Dex is rolling his eyes. I don't think he likes these movies, but like. Um, I, I shout out to the. I'll look up her name. Dex, why don't you like these movies? I've actually never seen them. It just doesn't seem oh, like. Oh man, you have to watch them. They're quick watches. Just watch them both in a night. Take an edible. You will enjoy them. They, they're they're like an hour and thirty five minutes. It's like one long fever dream. Like, yeah. And well, first of all, the first Borat was just a cultural moment. Yeah. And. It, it, I think it shaped so many people's in it. I think probably the most quoted movie ever. I think it shaped so many people's humor forever that, that it was like, you saw some of the ways that people have done it on like YouTube pranks or, or even like stuff on, um, on late night, uh, not comedy central, but, um, cartoon network. What's it called? Adult swim. Like that's all Borat humor, but just the way that he's able, the way that he's able to just fool people into doing that stuff and how dumb people are. Also, one thing, I don't think people on Twitter really got the message of the first Borat. No, it's pretty clear that people did not understand what he was trying to do 
And I, I felt that way even when it, it came out when I was in college and talking to people, it was just like, oh, you thought it was just a funny movie, but you don't understand like what he's trying to, like there's a point to this film. Like it's not mm-hmm. just like gags, like jackass. It's not like that. It's like, yeah. he's literally trying to show you something. And I think some people definitely missed that. And I think this, this movie, the second one might do a better job of framing it, but I can't tell if they did a better job of framing it or it's just because the time that we're in like it's more on the nose. See, it's more yeah. on the nose just because of the times that we're in. I think is, that's what it is. It's very on the nose, but like the the first movie, everybody was like, "Oh, my wife," and they they just don't miss. They miss like the <laughs> political messaging of it. But uh, I will I will say like shout out to um, her name is Maria uh, Bakalova who plays his daughter in the movie. She crushed it. Oh my god! I don't know how you would find an actress to agree to do do half the thing. Seriously, like. It, it's incredible because how does she go on to have a career after that? Because she pissed off a lot of people. So many people, I guess maybe they changed her look so much that like, like she looks she, different throughout the entire film. She pissed off a lot of people that you have to watch these films. She they pissed off the, the lawyer of the president. <laughs> it seems like we're going to have to do an episode on Borat and Borat. You have to, Dex. We, we can do it. You can do an episode on both of them. You can, they, they go together well. You can just watch both of them and just do an episode. The yeah. way I was very confused is how they were going to tie in, like, where he had been for 14 years. Yeah, like the last movie. <laughs> and the way that they just set it up, where it's like, everyone hates me. Like, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's such incredible comedy. And that may be some, like, sometimes funnier than, like, some of the, uh, gags that he pulls is how he, he interacting with his own culture and the fact he arrives by boat in galveston texas it's, <laughs> it's incredible it's so funny um yeah on top of that i think i watched i've, I've watched that i've watched a few um uh netflix movie i started um dead to me on netflix which i got a the first season is really good, but I haven't ever watched the second season. But the first season is pretty good. And recently, I meant to do a review on this movie. I'm sorry. Let me find it. It, it was so good. Uh, it just dropped on Netflix not too long ago. Oh, it's called The Outpost. If you're looking for a, if you're looking for a war movie um, that like feels real, it's not great acting. Uh, I think Caleb Landry Jones is incredible in it, but it's called The Outpost. It's with Scott Eastwood, Caleb Landry Jones, Orlando Bloom, and a host of other people that you've been like, oh, I know that guy from something. <laughs> That's what, And it's it's so good. It's like some of the best action in a movie that I've seen in a long time and a story that I had no idea about. So it's called The Outpost. It's on um, Netflix. And I recently... Yeah, and I recently rewatched. Um, two lord of the rings movies i don't know why i just spent six hours watching Good. those movies are fucking oh awesome i didn't see those movies until i was in college because like some girl i was into made me watch them those movies fucking bang right yeah, i thought you were great. about to slander those i was about to say <laughs> I, I was about to uh, just quit this podcast but like the um i Y'all seen the trial of the chicago seven yet that is next on my yet. list yeah that's on my list it's, I'm about halfway through it. I'm, it's, it's pretty good so far. About halfway, and I generally don't like legal dramas. I'm a lawyer, so usually I find them to be like a bit too on the nose. But so far, it's pretty good. And I, I but I, I am pro Sorkin. I am not a Sorkin slanderer. So oh, I was gonna say, might, where the did people you fall that slanders the people that fall on the Sorkin slander side might not like it. But I like Sorkin, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. 
there's some of Sorkin, like I, you know, I liked most of Molly's game. I, I got to go rewatch it, but like, there's some of Sorkin that, that I feel grinds on you a little bit, where it's That's just how like people hated the newsroom. People were like, yeah. watching the newsroom, like literally, is like a chore. It is the worst experience of my life. Why did Sorkin I like the show newsroom. where people talk like this? I did too, but I generally like Sorkin. But I cannot. I totally understood when people were like, "Dude, the people in this show don't talk like humans. They literally yeah. talk like." They're not a real Google person. encyclopedias like they're not real people and yeah. i get that but i still enjoy it i mean the west wing's top tier tv show love the west wing. I, I, it, there but uh, there is a part of me where like sorkin is like i mean peak is the social network if we're doing if we're going like tears but sure, like sure. and it's just it, there is some of sorkin where you're, you're just like oh these aren't real people and i could <laughs> see like where the trial of the chicago seven may get to where it's like no way that they, that they talked like that, like real people going through a, going through there the worst moments moment of their where life. you're like, this is probably, this is probably did not happen. That's a Sorkin edition, but it's pretty good. A big old Sorkin dork. Um, the, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man, the, if you haven't, because of HBO max, cut the check HBO. Um, but because of HBO max, I was able to rewatch the Lord of the Rings movies so good they're so we gotta eventually maybe do those movies like maybe like episode 1000 or something but like those movies are incredible i haven't it, watched them it's been probably a decade at least since I, i've watched them but i love them the, the the way that they hold up and the way that you would think that they're so like they should not work like the whole thing is just ridiculous and but the way that Peter Jackson did that and I don't think he's been able to recapture since is is just amazing and how well and how good they still look in 4k and everything yeah. is yeah. is bananas anyway that's my that's my little rant for that if you haven't watched the the Lord of the Rings movies in a long time go go they're you're on HBO Max a, you're gonna have to set aside a whole day but it's worth it but don't watch oh. the Hobbit just watch the yeah, right original trilogy the Hobbit was a bit much man I don't like it Speaking of movies featuring Andy Serkis, a trilogy I've been into recently oh, yeah. is that uh, Planet of the Apes like reboot trilogy. Incredible. It's good. Dude, it's good. So fucking good. I bought it's the good. DVD box set like years ago, whenever that came out, when like that final uh, Planet of the Apes movie with Woody Harrelson came out, and I've been mm-hmm. rewatching them. They are so fucking good. Caesar is such a fucking boss. <laughs> the middle one, I, right? Like they, that move. Those movies are so good, and Andy Serkis is so good in those movies that there was talk that he was going to win an Academy Award for never even showing his face on screen. I mean, <laughs> I could see it because, like, he's so fucking good in those movies, man. Um the um the the middle one to me is the peak of that franchise. Yep. I feel like, I mean, obviously, and I think it's the best reviewed one, but people like really love the last one. I felt like I was kind of let down by the last one because it was like, War of the Planet of the Apes. And they're like, but not really. <laughs> it's just kind of I like, love Woody Harrelson, but the middle one was the best one to me as well. Yeah. I love, oh. Oh, before we go, um, this is going to be a shorter podcast than what we're used to. But before we go, we'd be remiss without talking to all this Jamie Foxx and all this stuff if we didn't bring up Texas tweet that went oh semi-viral. How did we do that? How did we go this Wait, entire what, time? Which tweet went viral? Which one is this? Do you not remember that when he started? A no, Twitter it didn't go war? viral. It got me fucking fried. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait which one? 
I feel like he like, said something to get him fried all the time. So which one specifically? This was a couple years ago before we even like uh, like knew each other, really, right? It was about Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx and Donald Glover. <laughs> oh, did you say that Donald Glover was more talented than Jamie Foxx? Did you say that? I don't even remember what I said. It might have been something similar. Look it up. It. You can find it. Oh, don't do that. Don't, but don't do uh, that. yeah, I. Oh my God! I was I got fried. Jamie Fox was trending, but people <laughs> were fried so hard. <laughs> it was like, cause like somebody else had tweeted that question. I had answered it and given my take, and then, you know, it got to be like, nigga said Donald Glover, blah blah blah, Jamie Fox, and I was the niggas that had said like, <laughs> it was literally talking about me. <laughs> you never want to be the guy that is like, like referenced in plural where yeah, it's yeah, like want, people were saying want to do that when yeah, they start using your tweet saying, to say it was just y'all me. y'all really saying this then it's bad it's like oh shit i'm y'all now oh shit i'm in trouble i am i am multiple people <laughs> that's it that's when you know you fucked up <laughs> which it wasn't a terrible take like like to be honest it wasn't that terrible it was just like Something, something along the fact that, like, to me, I think it was like, well, I don't think like he couldn't have. Uh, Donald Glover can maybe do Ray, but Jamie Foxx can't do Atlanta or can't make Atlanta. Is basically like along the lines of what you were saying, right? The thing is, black people don't even. It's not even like a talent gap, or it's not like the talent gap is so massive that you can't even compare the two. It's just that. Black people love Jamie Foxx and black people kind of like Donald it. Glover, but they do not love Donald Glover. Like they don't. And a lot of the early Donald, like black people have not seen Dirty Rock for the most part. Black people were definitely not listening to any of those albums, especially the, the early ones. Uh, black people really didn't start listening to Donald Glover until he made the song that was in Get Out. But like prior to that, it was like, no, that movie, that music is for white people. He makes comedy sounds for white people and he made 30 Rock, which is for white people. So that's why uh, people were mad. I love Donald Glover. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I also I love Donald Glover too, but I know that I'm one of the few black people in that fan base for sure. Atlanta I've has helped though. Atlanta Atlanta put a lot of black people in the fan base, but that's just one. I've been thing. on Donald Glover since like my junior senior year of high school when Community was a big thing. Uh, incredible! Uh, I was on like those early mixtapes, like all of that. Shit. Another so show been... black people weren't watching, but I've listened to all those early mixtapes. I listened to fucking Camp, which is really bad. Oh god, it's bad. Oh no, bad. dude. That's like my high school like it is like, okay. high school workout songs, dude. Okay, we can be bad. honest about this. Camp is bad, but I have a lot of memories tied to it, so I still like it. But it is bad. I, I, I like Freaks and Geeks, but then Camp came out and I was like, What are where are we taking this music? Why are we gonna make this song about Asian girls, UCLA? Like, why does this song exist? <laughs> like, we don't actually need this song. Because the internet dominated my freshman year of college. Like, <laughs> literally yeah. listen to it like five times a day, every fucking day. Like, I, I am a big Donald Glover guy. Like, that's my guy. Um, as far as acting goes, I mean. He's fine. Hey, you want to you, you see the. He's tweet? not in the universe of Jamie Foxx, so don't, don't get in trouble again. But okay. He's like, he's. Okay. Can he give you a performance as, like, great and dominant as Ray? No, he can't. But is he going to give you the decade of stinkers that Jamie Foxx is giving you? Also, no. He picks better projects. That is a fact. <laughs> he, he he definitely is picking projects that are more in line with the kind of things that he should be making. He's definitely not going to give you fucking Spider-Man 2. 
he would be like, no, this is shit. This is really bad. Criminally underused yeah. in that in that Star Wars movie, in that solo movie. Criminally underused. He's in a better, he's in a better Spider-Man movie than Jamie Foxx. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, if there's a Spider-Verse movie, I hope he's in it. Uh, here's what, okay, just to put a bow on the, not, actually, this may lead to further discussion. Jamie Foxx, okay, so um, a woman named uh, Rihanna's Uterus um <laughs> what tweeted um so i'll agree childish gambino over jamie fox question mark question mark our boy dex uh quote tweeted it and said jamie fox i remember this night on twitter i remember this vividly <laughs> and oh he tweeted, god tweeted jamie fox is a better comedian better as a comedian but donald glover is a better musician and actor no, that, buddy, that act, it's the actor. You buddy, can't say that last part. That is really bad. I will come off the actor thing for now. <laughs> After watching we Ray, will, we will have to revisit. Like, and once Donald Glover has a few more projects under his belt, once he inevitably gets an Oscar because he's an awards darling. Um, I'll give you musician. He's made a lot more yeah, music. Musician, and, he's, and his music's good. So I'll give you that. Yeah, Jamie Foxx is me like, oh, Jamie Foxx is like a classically trained musician. Blah blah blah. Like, that's because black that. people were not listening to any of those Donald Glover albums, and they did like that one Jamie Foxx R&B album. They like that, the so. Jamie Foxx comedy specials are better than that. Like the Donald Glover Weirdo. thing. Donald Glover comedy special is like cut and paste jokes. Like I like, but it's like delivery just isn't that great. Like I, I like some of the jokes, but like that it was just kind of a weird thing. It's for much Donald. better as a writer of like a TV show than right. he, like of that like like a Thirty Rock than he is of like get on stage and tell you jokes. Tell you jokes. Jamie, where Jamie Foxx is much better at that. Here's where it gets interesting though, because. uh <laughs> This this had 297 retweets, um, 44 likes, 46 oh, comments. Before quote tweets, his um, would be no, crazy if they were quote tweets. He had 278 quote tweets. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, you got fucking flamed, dude. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god! Just look up at Dex Hinton. Jamie Fox is like the second tweet you can find. Oh it. my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dude man holy people are like is there trouble at home y'all were born in 2003 see um, when you are y'all it's bad it's that's when it gets bad man i've never heard any donald glover music better than unpredictable and that's uh, a fucking lie like we can just start right there that's a fucking <laughs> lie because the internet is better than unpredictable that fucking funk album that he did is better than unpredictable, even though he didn't have a single original thought on that album. Like yeah, even Donald Glover, even Donald's best album was just a regulate uh, regurgitation of songs and styles we've already experienced from other people. Ray Django law abiding citizen. Oh, you lost me there. Uh, <laughs> Dream Girls is not great. Dream go booty call. Hello. The range, the talent. This, this woman was mad at you, dude. No, they got you many, in the torture rack. Oh my god! I forgot how many like verified Twitter people like came up <laughs> Dude, goddamn! Somebody said you got CTE, bro. <laughs> when the verified people find your tweet, they they're all gonna bring at least ten people to your tweet, and it's gonna go out of control real fast. 
Like, yeah. you don't ask the worst position, man. You just look up, you're like, holy shit, my phone's going crazy. <laughs> Dude, would you you got to calm down on Twitter, Tej. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Good Lord. I only tweet Bible verses and, like, scripture yeah. and, like, words of affirmation. Uh-huh. That's all I tweet. Tweeted that at the sun was still up, dude. <laughs> My goodness, you live on the west coast, it was like midday. <laughs> goodness, great. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I think anybody listening, yeah, I think anybody listening to this follows Tej, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Goodness, <laughs> sir, you telling me the man who played nigh became Ray Charles. <laughs> is inferior to check notes <laughs> away from community. <laughs> I I will bag off of the actor take for now. We'll put a pin in it. We'll give Donald Glover some time. God, I, I'm loving going through these quote replies, man. Holy crap. Well, that's the one take podcast. <laughs> Dude, these are incredible. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at one take pod. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. How did it feel getting this roasted? Because uh, <laughs> I've been usually, this roasted for a sports take, but like something that people adore and love, like like an actor, and it seems different. Like, I don't know. Bro, I'm not going to lie to you. You had me fucked up that <laughs> night. <laughs> Dude. You, you can't reply to everyone. Had you you can't reply to everyone. Like... <laughs> It's just and every time somebody tweets it, it's just getting further spread. And you're like, God, I would really like to like move on to the next topic. I hate this. It's all usually I don't care. It's like, okay, like y'all like Scott Drew and I don't, whatever. Or like y'all like fucking, I don't know, whatever trash ass food y'all be liking. And I don't it would be worse if Scott Drew won a national championship. Do your mentions would be destroyed <laughs> if Scott Drew won a national championship? Yes, yeah, I would letters. not be able to use Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they would right. have they would tear you up. Put him in a vice that grip. night with the Jamie Foxx thing, it was like holy shit. Literally, every black person on the internet is pissed at me <laughs> right now. Good lord, and it's like questioning my entire life as a black person because <laughs> I like Donald Glover. God, man, <laughs> <laughs> you that's know, incredible. Like, scrolling, Yo. <laughs> scrolling these, scrolling these quote replies, man. There is not one of your white friends that came to your defense. There's not <laughs> one. Where y'all at? They saw the ratio. They were like, "I'm staying the fuck out of that. That's none of my business." <laughs> oh my god! One person, one woman, just tweeted, "Laugh my ass off!" Like it's just one thing. Got 57 retweets and 113 <laughs> likes. Oh my god! <laughs> like, like so many people were like, "Yep." <laughs> holy shit i'm sorry i didn't mean to flame you like this but it's, it's so so accurate to this conversation jesus Christ. i mean i feel like we had to bring it up like full disclosure to be fair about the situation <laughs> wow oh, yeah that was God. i'm glad that that was incredible. brought up that we would have been we would have been criticized if it did not appear on the podcast that we brought up dex is horrible <laughs> yeah dude i'm fucking sweating man holy shit <laughs> Oh. Yeah, this dude with that would have this you'd oh my oh, god I, I do love the the realization that we've come or that i've come to when when you're the y'all on <laughs> yeah like want to be the y'all y'all saying uh, y'all just log on here and say anything it's like i'm not y'all i'm just me <laughs> i just said it's over 
just sitting in your dark room, just like, I don't know what I did. Easily I got the most memorable ratio I got ever gotten. Like I, I have gotten some ratios in my head. <laughs> Look, if you're if you're off if you're operating at the RPMs on Twitter that Dex and Tej are operating at, like I'm nowhere near like that sort of. I, I'm addicted to Twitter, but if you're operating at the ratio or not at the ratio, the RPMs that y'all are operating at, you're gonna run into. It's Some, impossible not to get ratioed. Yeah. Everyone's gonna have their ratio day. You You're gonna hope to God that it's not something that's too problematic that you've said. Yeah, like my worst ratio was when I said like the Astros were good, and like <laughs> people were like, <laughs> "Fuck you!" And it was just like I had to mute the tweet. Like that was the one thing. Like I was just like, it got into like the circles, and people were just like, "You're the worst." And I was just like, "Okay, I'm I'm off I'm off of this." But like getting ratioed for a for a for a movie take is that's incredible that is incredible damn you would have you would have thought that like i don't know man that's it's basically like dex compared him to a white person although the donald glover is not a white person but black people are like very new to donald glover like when atlanta dropped they're like oh i know this donald glover guy but before that none of that shit he was doing black people were watching that all it's like you compare jamie fox to like the lead singer of creed yeah, like, they like, were something, just like, like something like something they, they started going crazy they were like how dare you <laughs> it's like it's like the takes that elvis had like you know like they were just like elvis historically stole black people's music and that's who you were comparing him to yeah. <laughs> just oh like incredible god. oh god man all right that's the one take podcast i said this is going to be a shorter podcast now we're pushing two hours but that's the one take podcast uh ray episode you can find us at uh instagram twitter at one take pod you can find teej at less humble teej r.i.p to humble teej r.i.p you can find uh all of us on our respective handles uh we'll try to get uh jake back on here um in a little bit he is uh i mean he's busy with work and i think we're we're and that's completely understandable is like we're we're all busy during this time and we all work weird schedules but uh thank you teach for coming on literally last second it was fun thank you for having me man i'm around whenever exactly and so we'll uh we'll get you back on soon uh maybe lord of the rings i don't know but um I would love to see someone watch those movies. Or Borat. Bring me back so I can make fun of Dex if he doesn't like Borat. We'll do uh, we'll do Borat, but the uh, and also eventually uh, an episode with uh, Jake and uh, at Matt is Bear will be releasing sometime soon, uh, which apparently is really really funny. So be on the lookout for that. We'll try to drop this Can't one as soon. Well, all right. So uh, Dex, tell them what we're doing. Hashtag support Florence. <laughs> Hashtag don't get ratio. <laughs> hashtag, <laughs> hashtag just don't come with the Jamie Foxx tapes or you'll get ratio. That's a long hashtag, but something to live by. Good Lord. All right. We're out. I guess if you say so, I'll have to pack my things and go. That's right, hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. What you say? Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. Now, baby, listen, baby, don't you treat me.
me this away Cause I'll be back on my feet someday Don't care if you do Cause it's understood You ain't got no money You just ain't no good Well, I guess if you say so I'll have to pack my things and go That's right, hit the road, Jack Don't you come back no more? Well, don't you come back no more? Uh, what you said? Don't you 